Is there not an entire section on this subject? Yeah. No, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Ether, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, it what have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. What up? I got something to say. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Let Me Tell You, Episode 9. I am your host, The Evangelical Norm. As you notice, my uh, our abortion counter is back up there. We are going to be talking about that again. We're going to be talking about a little bit of all kinds of stuff going on in Alabama. Uh, it is seeming like a good time to go live in Alabama. Never thought I'd ever say those words, but... Something's going on down there, something's in the water, something good is happening down in Alabama. And uh, <clears throat> so, it really is, it's, it's just been, they've been in the news quite a bit about different things and everything um, is something it seems like that I support and is good news coming out of Alabama. So, let's talk about first and foremost, and actually these are out of order in which they've come out in the news, but... Again, the order that I want to talk about them in order to um, segue into ultimately what the topic of the uh, the this week's podcast is about. And I heard someone say the other day that if you use the word segue, it's no longer a segue. So, um, excuse me, not that I really care, but uh, so we're going to talk about first off, Arthur, the cartoon which I honestly can say I've never watched. Um, a little bit behind, came a little later than my time of cartoon watching. And so, and it is far beyond what my daughter will watch, um, especially given the uh, subject matter that they are moving into. So this last week, apparently, Arthur, the... Uh, I don't even know what kind of animal Arthur is. Is he a rabbit? Something? Um, mouse? I don't know. He's a, a rodent of some kind. Uh, his teacher, Mr. Ratburn, I believe, um, is getting married and is marrying another dude. So, uh, this is the the episode of Arthur that is supposed to come out this week. And Alabama Public Television refused to show it. Thank you, Alabama. Again, this is not something that needs to be shown to kids. I don't know that Arthur is a cartoon that is geared towards adults. Um, and again, even in that, it's a cartoon. It is absolutely, no matter what, it, it's something that kids are going to be wanting to watch. It's on the Cartoon Network, apparently, or I can't tell, PBS or, or something. So, I mean, this is this is a kid's show. And this is not something that needs to be shown to kids. This, is, this has absolutely no bearing whatsoever. This is indoctrination. This is, again, pushing the, the LGBT agenda of 
it's not about tolerance. It's not about, it is, it is, it's no longer about acceptance. It is, you will be made to care. It is, uh, you will, uh, adore us and exalt us. I can't think of the other word I'm, I'm looking for. It goes far beyond tolerance and acceptance into, um, promotion and, uh, adoration ultimately. This is, this is not something that needs to be on a kid's show. Nothing sexual should be on a kid's show um, to deal with sexuality or anything like that. This is, uh, it is, it's, it, it's an attempt at, at, attempt at indoctrination and it's, it's horrifying. It's, it's appalling, pick a... Pick a descriptive word um, to apply to it. And I do. I applaud Alabama Public Television for refusing to show this. Um, standing up for, you know, the, uh, the innocence. Uh, and again, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a total depravity guy, so I understand that kids are not absolutely innocent. But this is, this is taking them further than a place they need to go. So again, this was a, a great thing. This was this was actually the last thing that came out in the last week that made me go. Alabama's looking pretty good right about now, <laughs> you know. I'm not again it's something I never thought I'd ever say, um, but and I I say it kind of jokingly, but kind of there's a there's a definite level of seriousness um, in the back of my mind that says. This is a state that I'd be willing to go live in because obviously they're standing up for conservative values, um, Judeo-Christian values, um, just standing up for what is right. And so this was this was a big deal, and uh, it's got people up at arms, but no more than uh, the abortion ban that we know and has been talked about and is still being talked about in uh, in Alabama. One of the strictest abortion bans we've seen uh, gives no exceptions for rape and incest, which is what people are really the maddest about, um, which is ridiculous because it is less than 1% of abortions happen because of rape and incest. The overwhelming majority of, of abortions, well over 70%, happens simply because of convenience simply for the fact that mom went out and hooked up and got pregnant and is essentially using abortion as a form of birth control and so this again it's got celebrities talking about it uh chris evans captain america of course, people like Lady Gaga and Alyssa Milano and so on. And it's just, it, it's raised, um, <laughs> raised, uh, heck, why did I say that? It raised hell with a lot of people. Um, I can say the word hell, um, even though I'm in Utah. I've been in Utah again way too long that I would, why I would actually go to raising heck. Um, it, <laughs> I work with a lot of Mormons, um, so, and, and 
Yeah. So uh, it it is it's it's raising uh, raising Cain with a lot of people, and so um, yeah, and it, it's a a great thing, and I'm glad that Governor K. Ivy is standing behind it and is not backing down. And of course, there are lawsuits that are coming against it, and this may be what goes to the Supreme Court to bring in a, a challenge to Roe v. Wade. Um, and we hope that it does. This is that we want this. We want the challenge. And again, I'm not 100% convinced that the judges that Trump has put in place are going to overturn Roe. I don't think they will. I'm, I'm not confident in that. But I'm praying that somehow that'll happen. That, uh, that the judges will will recognize the fact that Roe is is a bad decision. Um, and again, I talked a little bit about the um, the reasons that people give, and of course the the whole thing that that pro choicers like to throw out is uh, if you don't have a uterus, you can't have an opinion. But literally, Roe v. Wade is the opinion of nine human beings without a single uterus among them but their opinion is okay so um yeah so the abortion ban is uh is still uh you know standing strong it hasn't gone into effect yet but it looks like all the lawmakers and the the governor of uh, Alabama are going to stand behind this bill. Uh, I had never really heard much about Kay Ivey, the governor there. Um, and, you know, some of the statements that she said afterwards about that it wasn't going to stand and it was going to be challenged and so on were disconcerting. But then she's made other statements since then that are encouraging in the fact that she will hopefully fight for this law and 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 go to bat to to make sure that this law stands in Alabama. And so the other thing that uh, I wanted to talk about was the the fact that Alabama again set records in uh foster adopt situations where where people have adopted uh out of out of foster care. And again, this is one of those things that, that pro-choicers love to throw about. There are hundreds of thousands of kids in foster care around the, uh, around the nation. And, and that's a reason that we should keep abortion legal. As if abor- foster care is this horrible thing and, and they're better off dead. And granted, we hear horror stories about things that happen in foster care. We hear them. But there's, again, the... Um, the small minority of these things where foster homes are horrifying and abusive and just there to collect a a check from the state and don't care about the kids, the majority of foster homes are loving, providing great care for these kids that go in there. And it's it's a great thing that that there are foster families that can enough that can take care of 400,000 kids that are in the foster system. 
And a lot of that is with it. And I don't have all the exact statistics, but I know a lot of the foster homes are relatives, aunts, uncles, grandparents who are able to foster those those families. And then the rest are, you know, non-kin um, foster homes. And here's the thing is, as you listen to the, the pro-choicers, and they'll, they make statements like uh, Christians don't care about or pro, pro-life doesn't care about kids once they've been born. And they, they use these statistics of foster care and, and poverty and so on uh, as reasoning behind uh, why abortion should be kept legal. That, and, and they don't even understand that what it is that they're talking about. They just throw these, these, these terminologies and these situations out without knowing truly the numbers behind it. Because, again, the Democratic Party has, has been given this picture of, you know, they're the ones that are pushing for welfare and, and all these different social justice uh, laws and, uh, and so on. When, in reality, it is pro-life people and again we cannot absolutely um, equate pro-life to Republican because I am as a pro-life as I get and I'm no longer a Republican because I don't believe that the Republican Party is the pro-life party that it used to be and I, I gave up my membership as a Republican as soon as they nominated Donald Trump he, he's not the standard bearer that I care to have for my party not saying that everything he's done is horrible. I, I stand on the, the the statement that I'll give him props when he does something good, and I will call him out when he does something bad. And I, I admit, I probably call him out more than I give him props. And mostly it's because he's just an immature 70-going-on-7-year-old um, guy is what it feels like. Not, not a mature, not a presidential guy, but... Again, we can't absolutely equate pro-life to Republican. And, and again, it's not that Republicans don't care about families and children and so on. It's just that they're, they're trying to be more fiscally responsible um, in the laws that they pass. So pro-choicers equate the Democrats to the ones that want to give free stuff to these these people. But again, it's not free. <clears throat> Excuse me. That money's going to come from somewhere. And it's either, it's going to be, it's coming from a, if they pass laws and it's the government that does it, it's coming out of our tax dollars. And they're going to force everybody to give to it rather than what is the reality behind it right now. And it's the fact that the majority of uh, pro-lifers donate to charities that help out with single mothers and so on. Um, I got some stats from uh, the Heritage Foundation is what it looks like. Um, and this is, it says that regular church attenders donate to charities more than three times the percentage of their income. So, um, compared to those who don't attend church. So again, religious people, Christians, 
um, pro-lifers uh, give a t donate to charity far more than those who are not religious. Um, this willingness to give has been particularly notable in the care, the field of care for vulnerable children. Since 2010, charitable giving by Americans to all causes have risen by just under 30%. During that same time frame, giving to Christian adoption ministries has risen by 81% and to orphan care ministries by 90%. So, the, the statement that they don't care, Christians, pro-life people are giving to these charities far and above what the non-religious uh, pro-lifers or pro-choicers are giving. Um, research shows that faith-motivated individuals also share their time as volunteers, their blood as donors, and much more at significantly increased rates as well. So that kills that uh, argument. Um, Barna research has found that practicing Christians are more than twice as likely to adopt as a the general popu population. Um, these findings also showed that practicing Christians were more likely to adopt older children, children with special needs, and other children considered hard to place. So again, it, these it's not Christians aren't just sitting on a waiting list waiting for a brand new baby. They are adopting the teenagers, they're adopting the special needs, and they're adopting the hard-to-place children um, above and beyond what um, non-Christians do in the general population. Practicing Christians were also nearly three times more likely to have seriously considered foster care. So it's not surprising that Pew Research found that 65% of non-kin foster parents attend religious services weekly compared to 39% of the general population. So 65% of non-kin foster care are Christians, are religious people. Uh, well, I won't say absolutely that they're all Christians because um, you're going to get a lot of Mormons and Catholics and so on in there. But religious pro-life people, 65% of non-kin foster care. So again, you're, it's blowing those arguments out of the water that pro-life doesn't care about the children after once they're born, that they're just pro-birth and they just, they just care about making sure the baby is born and then it's fend for yourself from there on. A um, couple more of the statistics that I found. Um, Barner research indicates that up more than 40% of churches provide support groups for adoptive and foster families, uh, and a similar percent provide meals and other tangible support. So again, they are providing food, clothing, and support uh, for these situations, adoptive foster families, and also single mothers. And so on. You know, Jesus, or in James, it talks about true religion is taking care of the orphans and the widows. We would probably consider single mothers fall into that category of widow most of the time. Um, whether it's 
fathers who have abandoned or rape or some of those situations where there is no husband there to provide we would consider that and so many churches have programs specifically geared towards single mothers in some way to help them out to provide means for them to take care of their families so these arguments that uh that Christians just don't care, that pro-lifers just don't care once the baby is born is absolutely bogus, and the statistics bear that out. So, kill all that noise. You know, look to places like Alabama where they are setting records, setting records in foster adopt. I think it was the, I didn't write down the stat, but I think it was like last year, 800 and some children were adopted out of foster care in in Alabama, and that's like a record number. It's like a huge percentage. Again, there's supposedly 400,000 kids in foster care around the nation. There's far less than that, you know, it, in the state of Alabama. Um, and a huge percentage of those kids have been adopted by pro-life families who are conservative, Christian somewhere along that line who do absolutely care for the children after they're born you know my own family my own home right now my daughter is adopted she we adopted her as an embryo and now some people go well yeah you adopted her before she was born well we did and we we saved that life because we are absolutely pro-life and we believe that the millions of embryos that are out there that are just frozen need homes, need bodies to, to carry them to term, to give them life, to give them a home. And I would love to do it again um, if my wife is up for it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But whether we adopt another embryo, adopt a child, that is all things that are absolutely going to happen. Um, adoption will happen again in our home uh, my wife's sister is living with us right now with her little girl her sister was adopted by her parents out of foster care my wife has six younger siblings all of whom were adopted out of foster care um, and all have got uh, now amazing beautiful well not all most uh, all but one have have kids of their own uh, beautiful kids, um, you know, and I don't think any of them would complain about the time they spent in foster care. And I guarantee you 100% of them would consider themselves better off alive having gone through foster care than dead. That's a no-brainer. So, again, great things going on in Alabama, and I'm praying that this this will lead to some of the same things going on around the rest of the nation. A lot of states that are, are coming out with heartbeat bills and um, other abortion bills to uh, ban abortions at certain times. Now, granted, I'm an abolitionist. I want to see all abortion done away with completely. Uh, essentially, how this bill in Alabama lays it out, which it's not 100%, but it's better than most and a lot of these are getting closer and closer uh, to 
And I think Alaska is about to vote on one that is completely criminalizing abortion. That's what we want to see. And I know a lot of people disagree with me, a lot of people who consider themselves abolitionists, but I will take whatever I can get to continue to move towards the complete abolition of abortion. If that means we, we do incrementalism, whether I agree with it or not, I will take as much as I can to see as many babies saved as I can uh, until we can overturn Roe and completely uh, abolish abortion in this nation. So, and I wanted to, to end uh, with um, a video, a portion of a video that I watched today. This came from, again, a pro-life rally in Alabama. And this is Ryan Baumberger, who is, was conceived in rape. And he's just going to tell I've just a small couple of minute clip, excuse me, that he's going to tell a little bit about his situation. So let's take a look at that. In a tiny little family of 15, I have six brothers and six sisters. Ten of us were adopted in a multiracial family. Grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Thirteen kids, and yes, it was a little crazy at home. My parents are the pro-lifers who don't care about people after they're born. Pro-lifers are the ones who care about people after they're born. Amen? See, the thing is, when you love Jesus, the natural outflow of loving Jesus is loving people and sacrificing what you need to sacrifice, sacrificing yourself so that you can bring what was once broken to wholeness. And so here I am believing and declaring that life is purpose. Just say it with me again. Say, life is purpose. In fact, I recently just celebrated my birthday. It was on May 5th, which is known as El Cinco de Mayo. We call it in my home, El Cinco de Rayo. And I love the fact that I'm a dad to four awesome kiddos, two of whom are also adopted, three of whom were unplanned, all four of whom are loved like crazy. My birth mom's singular decision will cause beautiful reverberations for generations. You know, I'm reminded of a, a comment made recently by an Alabama senator, Senator Vivian Davis Figures, who called those like me the residue of the rapist. I'm not the residue of the rapist. I'm the resilience of my birth mom. And the only father that I've ever known is Henry Bomberger, a man who could have lived a normal life, but chose an extraordinary one as he stepped up to love those that other men abandoned. So there's that. And... Sorry, the lighting when I throw my phone on is really bad. Hi, I glow. Um, and I want to finish with this. You know, hats off to Henry Bomberger, um, who adopted, and his wife, who adopted all of those, I mean, 10, or how many, I, I, I forget the number of siblings, but a huge multiracial family most of whom were adopted, 10 children who were adopted, 15 kids is what he said, um, 10 children adopted in that family. Um, and, and again, these are people who are absolutely pro-life, who are willing to, to stand on that firmly, on that belief of life is, has dignity, imago Dei, the image of God, uh, the dignity 
of life and that they're willing to adopt and love those kids um, as much as they can and what no matter how they were conceived uh, I when he said that, that that senator made the comment that they were the residue of the rapist it breaks my heart that people would say things like that that they would consider human beings residue of the rapist that they would that I mean they talk about Republicans dehumanizing people and it's literally them that does the dehumanizing and so I wanted to read this this is something that Lila Rose posted earlier today um, and I or no it was earlier this week it was on the 20th and I just wanted to share this um, as I finish up um, she says when you use rape incest disability poverty and foster care as the reason abortion is necessary you are telling ten telling millions of people who are conceived in or have overcome these circumstances that their life is not valuable our worth as humans isn't conditional it is inherent every human being is made in the image of God we recognize that as Christians we recognize that as people who are uh, believers in Christ. And that is what leads us to be the pro-life people that we are. The people who will stand firm on the fact that every child deserves life. No matter how they were conceived. No matter what their possible disabilities are. Um, they deserve to live. You know, we look at situations of life of the mother, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. When the mother's life is threatened, then we do everything we can to save mom, and if the baby is lost along the way, then we mourn. But we do not go in and intentionally kill the child, especially when it's only a perceived I mean, we know the difference between an emergency situation where we have to, when I say we, where doctors and medical staff have to go in and, um, and perform life-saving measures. And uh, someone's walking around upstairs. Really odd to be have someone walking around this time of the morning. Um, so, sorry, lost my train of thought. We know the absolute difference between when life-saving measures have to be taken and when there's just the potential, the, well, you know, it could cause problems. Well, no. <laughs> we, we, and so many of those stories where doctors have said that the mother's life is in danger, where mom decides she's going to carry out um, and carry that child to term and there's n no danger that happens. And so, again... We don't kill children based on the, the manner in which they were conceived. And if there is a, a traumatic uh, emergent situation, emergency situation with the mother, then we do everything we can to save mom's life and hopefully the baby's life as well. But if the child is lost, then yes, we mourn. Uh, but we don't, we don't murder children based on the actions of their father. Uh, so no matter how they are conceived, we do not murder them because of what their dad did.
So, and again, I want to just point out, we've got this counter up here. Since we started this episode, as you've been watching, worldwide, I believe that is a 2,000. My screen is a little small over here as I'm looking at it. 2,300 uh, abortions worldwide have happened in the time that we've been, you've been watching this video or listening to this podcast. Um, and that's far more. That's 2,000. Now we're up to 2,400 more than should ever happen. Abortion should be abolished completely. And the main, the main way we are going to see abortion abolished is by seeing people become absolutely pro-life, not because of a political stance, but because of a belief in a Savior who went to the cross and paid the penalty for their sin. That is what makes us pro-life. As Ryan said, there's a, a, a thing about when you love Jesus, it makes you love people. When you put your faith and you repent and put your faith in Christ and what he did on your behalf, it causes you to love your neighbor as yourself. And especially the most innocent and helpless of our neighbors. And those are those little babies that are in the womb. And in order to see that happen, the gospel has got to be preached. We have got to be sharing the truth of Jesus Christ and what he did for people as far and as wide as we can. So in, as, as we, we stand in our, our abortion ministries and in our adoption ministries and in whatever ministry it is that you're engaged in, the gospel has got to be there. And it's got to be shared because that's what's going to change people's hearts. Not a donation, not whatever it is, not building a house or providing education or anything like that. It's sharing the gospel and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit and the repentant heart of people is what is going to change the direction and the tra trajectory of our nation. And so, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.